Coming up. Now, I, apply this to yourself. I, I would think that you probably could think of a time in your life that you were living a certain kind of way. And then one day, you read, a, you read the word, heard a sermon, something, and it hit you upside your head. And you discovered that you was living in error. Your belief was wrong about something. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Have you ever made an important decision in your life based on something you later learned was untrue? Join us for the message where Pastor Rob discusses the different ways we can live in error and how to avoid them. Here's part one of the message, Living in Error. Mark chapter 12, verses 18 to 27. I'll be reading from the New International Version. It reads, Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, okay, just I'm going to pause for a minute. We already established that these folks talking to Jesus didn't believe in the resurrection, but they're asking him a question about the resurrection, something they don't even believe in. So we know this is a setup, right? It's trying to catch Jesus in an untruth. So they said, verse 23, at the resurrection, Whose wife will she be since the, seven, since the seven were married to her? They were saying, I just can imagine, you know, gotcha. <laughs> they saying, gotcha to Jesus. How you going to answer this question? But they didn't know they was talking to Jesus, God himself, wisdom himself. But they thought, gotcha. So look what Jesus, how Jesus replied. Verse 24. Jesus replied, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses in the account of the burning bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. I want to key on that last verse. It says he is not the God of the dead 
but of the living, you are badly mistaken. Our topic for today is living in error, living in error. I want to break this down a little bit because when the greatest person who ever lived tells you you're living in error, you're badly mistaken, I want to say that again. When the greatest person who ever lived says you're badly mistaken, that's pretty bad. Okay? He's talking about an issue of life. And the greatest person who ever lived on the planet says you are badly. Not that you just made a mistake, but no, you're badly mistaken. That that ought to get your attention. What is it about them that's about them that's so bad from the greatest person who's ever lived. The New Living Translation says you are serious, you are in serious error. The New American Standard says you are greatly mistaken. The Amplified says, it says, Uh, You are greatly mistaken and you are deceiving yourselves. And then the message translation says, you're way, way off base. (laughs) This this is a big deal. You got to get to this is a big deal. We're talking about life. And the person who have lived the best life, the greatest life is giving you a pointing out a place in your life that is way, way off base. You need to pay attention. Okay, we need to pay attention. So we want to unpack this conversation Jesus had with these Sadducees a little bit. Do you remember a time that you found out that something you believed to be true was actually not true? I'm talking about something that was highly important in your life. It could have been concerning a close relationship, uh, your career or education. Something that you had made important decisions based on. Uh, What if you planned your college courses on a falsehood? You you believe certain courses would count toward you achieving a a desired degree and you spent the whole year taking those courses. And then you found out they don't count. I think you'd be pretty upset. You just wasted a whole year of being in school and a whole year of paying tuition. 
because it's not taking you where you were thought it was going to take you. That's why college counselors are so important. Sometimes they send us down the wrong track. It's not pretty. What about something you based your identity upon, like who your parents were? I'm talking about some deep stuff here, y'all. In another situation, you may have heard some very personal information. You may have shared some very personal information with somebody, and you, it turned out they wasn't who you thought they were. I'm talking about falsehoods. What if your false belief not only affected this life, but also the life to come? See, the stuff I just gave you, they just, that just affects this life. But what about something you believe your entire life that not only affects this life, but it affects your eternity? That's a bad situation. And so, here in this text here, Christ lets these Sadducees know that they are way, way off base. And it has an impact on their eternity. So on your outline, number one, write this down. Um, we're living in error when we live, when we don't believe in life after death. When we don't believe in life after death. Matthew 12, 18 says, the Sadducees, then the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him with a question. They didn't even, but they didn't believe that there was a resurrection. So when we talk about them being way, way off base, this was one of the reasons they was way, way off base. And the same is true for anybody today who doesn't believe that there's a resurrection they are way, way off base. Okay. Because there are some things that happen when you don't believe this. One of the things happen when we don't believe in life after death, our faith is worthless. As believers, our faith is worthless. If there was no resurrection, our faith is worthless. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, And if Christ has not been risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. There's no life after death. We're still in our sin, y'all. Okay. That person you used to be, that sinner you used to be, you know you what you used to do. You're still there. You thought, yeah, you thought you cleaned up a little bit. If your faith didn't mean nothing, if there's no resurrection, yeah, you're still that. But y'all know you're not that. You know that you're not the same person. Uh, B, also... If there's no resurrection, be write this down. There's no hope to see those who have died in Christ. If there's no resurrection, there's no hope to see those who have died in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 18 says, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. So the folk that we know and love that died in Christ, they're just lost if there's no resurrection. C, write this down. Life is meaningless if you don't believe in life after death. 
1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, if our hope in Christ is for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone else in the world. If, if, if we only had hope for this life, the text says we are just pitiful as believers, more pitiful to anybody because there's no resurrection. These are the reasons why we accept and believe that there is, or at least one of the reasons why we accept and believe that there is a resurrection. I know y'all ain't trying to live a pitiful life. I know I ain't. <laughs> I'm trying to live a meaningful, significant life. Right? And D, write this down. If there's no life after death, we won't prepare to be judged. We won't prepare to be judged. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So when folks don't believe in life after death, these are the things that won't happen. And they won't prepare to be judged. They'll just go through life as if everything's all good. When I leave here, it's going to stay good. And that's a falsehood. That's not true. Because the Bible says, no, we're going to face God, and God's going to look at our deeds. Fortunately, as believers, we know once God, we go before God and he looks at our life, he's going to declare us not guilty. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we have accepted. The fact that we've accepted the, the, the price that Christ paid on the cross and that he died in rose and gave us victory and turned our life over to him. When God looks at us, he's going to say, not guilty. But not for those who don't believe in life after death. They're going to be surprised. They're going to get the surprise of a lifetime. <laughs> That's what they're going to get, a surprise of a lifetime. Oh, this, this ain't quite what I was expecting it would be. And God's going to say, yeah, but my servant, Anona, talked to you on July 5th of 1962 <laughs> about me. He's going to say, my servant, um, Mrs. Reader, had you in her classroom, and she pulled you to the side and told you about the love of God. You remember that? And God going to say, I told you, I sent people to tell you about me, and you just didn't listen. But there's going to be a judgment. So you can, we can see that these Sadducees were greatly mistaken. Another reason that we're greatly mistaken, or we live in error, number two on your paper, write this down. When we don't know the scriptures, we live in error. When we don't know the scriptures. Look at what Jesus told in Mark 12, 24. Jesus replied, are you not in error because you, don't, you do not know the scriptures? You do not know the scriptures. Now, I, apply this to yourself. I, I would think that you probably could think of a time in your life that you were living a certain kind of way. And then one day 
You read a, you read the word, heard a sermon, something, and it hit you upside your head, and you discovered that you was living in error. Your belief was wrong about something. Okay. And so Jesus tells them, when you don't know the scriptures, you live in error. This, this ought to make you pick your Bible up a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> Again, we're talking about the greatest person who ever lived. And he tells them that you, you are in error because you don't know the scripture. And then he goes on a little further. Well, he, and then there's some reasons why not knowing the scripture is detrimental. Um, a, 2A on your paper, write this down. Uh, when we don't know the scriptures, we will not know the truth. We will not know the truth. It's a big deal not to know the truth. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This is Jesus praying to the Father. Jesus says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is true. Jesus is saying, Lord, clean them up, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. So without knowing the scriptures, we can't be cleaned. We can't be set apart or separated. Because the truth does that. So when you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the truth. You're walking around with falsehoods. I, early on, I talked about all the falsehoods that we've been, we can be living on and how that can get us off in Timbuktu, you know, on a rabbit trail in life. Just, and then we wonder, how did I get over here? Because of lie, the falsehoods that you've been believing I, I, all this, the stuff that somebody told you that just was not true, but you took it as truth. The second thing that knowing the scripture um, will, not knowing the scripture will cause, B, write this down, we will stay in bondage. We will stay in bondage. John 8, 31 and 32 says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Very familiar passage. But just know how far that extends. It extends beyond getting saved. It extends into every area of truth. When you know truth, period, the truth about yourself. It releases you from bondage. Some of us are believing things about ourselves today that aren't true, and it got us in bondage even about ourselves. I told y'all before I thought I was an introvert, an extrovert. And that, <laughs> so I'm living like I'm an extrovert, like telling everybody I'm an extrovert. I mean, you can see how that can have you going down the wrong path. Once I found out I wasn't an extrovert, I was an introvert, I began to understand myself better. I began to understand my own needs better, what strengthens me better. I, it, it, it freed me. The same is true for all of us. When we know the truth about ourselves, it unlocks us. Some folks still think they can sing. They're still trying to get on um, the, the, the voice and, uh, <laughs> you know, 
It's like, okay, you realize how much time they've wasted trying to get how y'all, y'all, you know, the, the, I, you know, that line is long. You know, when you're trying to get on, you got to get in that line. You got to get there early, probably the day before, or get in line to even get an audition. They wasted all that time getting in line, standing in line, trying to tell everybody I can sing. You see, it wastes, it, it causes us to go down the wrong path and waste time. So when we know the scriptures, we know the truth, and it releases us from bondage. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Too often we make decisions based upon a relationship on earth that's not eternal, and it affects our eternity negatively. So when you understand that the closest earthly relationship you can have is not an eternal one, it puts it in its proper perspective. Thank you for listening.